My my pitch that I've written down in my notebook is completely unreadable, but oh, that's good. okay because I just need I just need to be reminded of things and yeah. most of it's most of it's in Minogan, so okay that's good yeah no gonna... I just have like a one hundred word pitch that is like you know something that would be at the back of the book you know an elevator mm-hmm. pitch uh, an elevator pitch not bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is my elevator bitch um. <laughs> and then like a few unrelated notes that are like things that would happen but I think you know I approach this the same way I would approach like a tabletop RPG that is just an idea and then the rest can be developed yeah I approach this in the way I would approach writing any story which is randomly and um, frantically <laughs> <laughs> okay um, should I? I'm gonna introduce this like we're going yeah, yeah. Into, an into, a busi- into a business meeting. Let's switch into podcasting mode because at at this point I was just like chatting with my friends mode, but now yeah. we need to get chatting into... with our enemies mode. Yeah, <laughs> chatting with our competitors mode, <laughs> entertaining people who give us money mode. <laughs> okay, okay. Co-workers, please take a seat at our our pitch business meeting table. <clears throat> okay, um, lovely to see you. Um, thank you Bella. for seeing us today. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I enjoyed our chats by the water cooler earlier. Now, uh-huh. yes, thank you I, for coming I, I hope to the you, office. I hope you forgive me for when we were at the water cooler and I poured water on you. You see, I thought you were a big tree, and I thought you needed some you know, water to grow even taller. Love to meet some fellow upwardly mobile gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) who are just focused on their daily rise and grind and, you know, just drop by a chat at the water cooler with fellow, you know, guys being dudes among each other. Yeah. I've always been better at the grinding than the rising. (laughs) It's nice to be around some fellow entrepreneurs. Yes. Mm. Feels organic. Um, it feels it fills me full of business juice um yes. i'm ready to put my best foot forward into the future that is cresting the horizon and bringing with it fruitful opportunities for business and networking thank yeah. you that really meant something to me you're welcome um so with that being said i'd like to uh open this meeting as you all know we are here to present the newest uh bella forest novel pitch ideas that is true. Mm-hmm. So, what do I Very want to exciting. be seeing from you today? Marketability. <laughs> That's our number one priority. <laughs> okay, so let's go through, let's quickly go through, you know, things that are expected from a Bella Forest novel. What, what is it that, what is it that makes a Bella Forest novel, you know? Um, marketability, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so well, let's break down what makes makes them marketable so first i think Mm. huh the covers first yeah exactly it really doesn't matter too much about the story itself you can write whatever you want and we'll slap a cover on it that looks like any other cover but it needs to it needs to be something that can be pitched as for fans of blank you're right Mm. it needs to be it needs to be able to use the font of another popular franchise (laughs) 
Yeah. I think yes. that's the most important. You're correct. Part. I think we yeah. should use papyrus font. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and then As next, it... like speaking of the covers, it needs to be able to feature some sexy people. Yeah, obviously that goes without saying, you know. Um sex cells. Mm-hmm. They gotta be shirtless. Yeah. They gotta be from a stock photo. Preferably the guy should be shirtless because we can't put like bare titties on them. <laughs> unfortunately. You can have a back. You can have a sexy woman back. Um, but if you're seeing her from the front, then she mm-hmm. must be wearing a vest and she must look very strong. Yeah. But I do feel like Bella Forest novels, like, w- without an exception, they, they all seem to preferably market on uh, heterosexual women. Or oh, of course. Women or, mm. uh, you know, teenage girls, young adults. It it seems like the main romance that features in one of these always needs to be an aggressively uh, heterosexual romance plot. Yes. Uh, there might be some gay side characters, you know, but the the main protagonist Oof, needs maybe. to be uh, a woman character who is in pursuit of a guy who may or may not be a shithead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But it needs to be in some way unattainable, so that mm. it can, so that the romance po- plot can be kept up for a series of novels. Yeah, we want oh, we want to aim for about seven books minimum per series. Yeah, yeah. So we need like we need a world that is capable of containing multiple stories, um, while at the same time not being like too political. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but it needs to be a little bit. There needs to be some there sort needs to be of politics. accidentally bad political messages in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the kids love it. The... They love politics. Yeah. So just sit, do something that is um, really good politics and they'll love it. <laughs> we want to include stuff that sounds maybe fine if you are 14, but mm-hmm. given any real critical thought or looked through yeah. any critical framework unravels very quickly <laughs> yeah uh, it dubious needs to moral. be there needs to be like a moral standard where the law enforcement is like an absolute authority like they're the good ones <laughs> right mm-hmm. well you can play around with it you, know? you can play you around can with them. you can subvert expectations by making a shocking twist that one singular cop <laughs> is bad maybe yeah mm. but not more than one um, what else? What else do we need to have? Because I'm thinking love triangle. Yes. Mm. Important. Absolutely. We haven't seen it in that many of the books we've read, but I think it's it's marketable. The teens well, love. Well, we've it. seen them in two of the three, right? Like there have was we? in in Harley Merlin. There was one. Oh my right? god! Yeah, there was. You're and so there right. was one in Shade of Vampire. So. Everyone knows that the love triangle really comes into play in the second book. You know, you can have. Uh-huh minor characters appear in the first book but like the real the real juice of the love triangle appears in the second book when the the couple is challenged for the first time so there's some tension yeah. mm-hmm. that's true i think there needs to there needs to also be like some something in the background of the main character that just comes up once in a while and at other times doesn't matter at all like with the uh, low latent inhibition of uh, Sophia <laughs> yes. Shades of Shade of Vampire. I think that's very good. Like something that is teased at the beginning that this is a major traumatic uh, thing for the main character, and then like doesn't come up for two hundred pages, and then suddenly it's super important. 
Yes, well, I think in that vein, mm. if we're talking about main character trauma, it is imperative that the main character does not have parents. Um, mm-hmm. I know that in Dark Light she did, but I mean, <laughs> did she? <laughs> like, <laughs> they were unimportant. Yeah, exactly. It, they had one Zoom call. Yeah, <laughs> it serves the story a lot easier if yeah. the main character hasn't got parents, because then you have to write more conversations and you have to have yeah. like pad out more characters. It's inconvenient. It's incredibly inconvenient. Yeah, yeah. you can have yeah. siblings. No, they can... <sighs> siblings are important. They can have parents, but they have to be estranged. Yes. That's good, um, yeah. I think there also needs to be, like, it. one character who has a funny accent for no reason. Yes. Mm. A good one is Russian. Scottish is good. Mm-hmm. Irish. Um, maybe Australian. Oh. Australian. An Untapped market. Yeah. Um, one, I'm, one I'm fond of um, plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's good to have a secret sibling. That can help. It's not necessary. Okay. Um, implied incest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cassandra Clare, back it up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a yeah. That's more of a Cassandra Clare um, late motif. Um, yeah. Well, the heroine. The heroine has to be kind of plucky, kind of sassy, but not like. Oh yeah. But not like materially. <laughs> <laughs> She can be. Mm. I mean, maybe we could write a good book, but you know, going by the theme of Bella's other books, you have these sassy heroines who actually don't challenge the norm that much, even if they claim to. She has the aesthetics of pluckiness. Yes. But, you know, still sort of goes along with things. Um, although, you know, I dark light, you know, she, she rebelled in the end. That's true. Um, she, said, she said no to death camps. Yeah, <laughs> she's so brave. She took a she took a political stance. stance. Yeah. She took a political stance um, against death camps. Very brave of her, I think. Yeah, mm. <laughs> most of us we would be, uh, be for death camps, but not not her. I mean, would the main character of Shade of the Vampire be anti death camp, or would she just be like, it's probably fine? <laughs> yeah, no, she'd be true. like, as long as I don't know about it, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. She's like, well, d- the person who's keeping me in my specific part of the death camp is kind of nice to me, so yeah. mm. I think it's fine. I don't want to know what he does to other women. I just care uh, that I don't know about it and that he's nice to me. Yeah, yes. arguably. <laughs> yeah, those are good okay. points. We've got some good. This is some good rubric. Um, mm-hmm. Do we have a... Who wants to go first? Who's who's presenting first? I can go first because like, I have a pretty short uh, pitch. Okay. Um, so I want to pitch a book called Extra Natural. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I'm just going to hit you with the, with the like, book back cover text. Fuck yeah. When Anna Jefferson's parents unexpectedly die in a car crash and she has to move in with her uncle Dominic, she's already prepared Mm. for a boring life at the countryside. Sure, she has to transfer over to a new high school, but what could happen in the peaceful small town of Hades, Colorado? Yes. However, her life turns upside down and she meets the brothers Adam and Eric Manchester, (laughs) twins who could not be more different from each other. I bet they're quite similar, but carry on. This is great. (laughs) Soon she gets entangled with the brothers in the search for the demonic overlord. But can she keep up hunting demons 
and also graduate high school. <laughs> uh, can she? Fuck yeah. So th- this is like, I-, I think the the picture on the back of the cover would be like um, Supernatural meets Buffy the, B- the Vampire Slayer. That's like mm, my... That's what I was getting yeah, from well, it. Yeah, Winchester yeah. Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> I think good. it helps I mean, that I have called, not seen a single natural. episode of Supernatural. So... Yeah. You know, th- that's that classic Bella Forest title of it reminds you of a popular franchise, but not enough. Or yeah. it's like still, <laughs> you know, that's just r- the title and some characters that are similar. Yeah, no, I really mm. like the title. That's really clever, actually. <laughs> and I think there would be a scene where like the brothers would explain to uh, to Anna that we're hunting for extra natural phenomena. And she's like, wait, isn't that called supernatural? And they would say... There's nothing super about it. <laughs> but it is extra. <laughs> that's so good. I love that. That's a that's pretty That's a that's, Bella yeah. Forest novel you've got right there. Uh, I, have uh, a... I love I love the sort of masquerade stuff, you know, like there's the real world that she has to deal with while at the uh-huh. same time doing the sort of um demon hunting. That's a classic. That's mm. a classic. Yeah, that's format. always good. Now, like that's a... Yeah. Yeah, no, tell me. Do you do you picture yes. a best friend character for her, or is she more of like a only? Oh, there's got to be. There's got to be one best friend character. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't come up with them yet. Uh, what? I mean, what kind of best friend would you imagine Anna Jefferson had to have? Because I have, I, I have like two more characters that I want to have in. I think mm-hmm. she should have a little sister named Kaylee. But yes, Kaylee okay. is pet like the, in the most annoying ways. So it's like, like K A Y L E I G H. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. And she's like, she just matters every once in a while when she gets kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, you know, otherwise she's just an annoying uh, side character who is like a too. like a Mokaba kind of uh, character. <laughs> sure. <laughs> And then I also want to have a sexy, li- sexy, probably gay librarian named Pierre, Ooh. who is Belgian, so we can have like a funny French accent. Okay, can he? Okay, can he, can they do like a Poirot joke if he's Belgian? Oh, for sure. There's, mm-hmm. there's definitely gonna be someone who's, who's gonna crack a Poirot joke, and he would be like, uh, uh, um, mais Poirot, uh, he's, is not even written by a, by a Belgian author, so, <laughs> you know. That's really good. Uh, and then I have like two reveals that would happen in this book. First of all, the demonic overlord is her uncle Dominic. <laughs> Dominic the demonic. <laughs> does he like move the letters around? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she does the, the spell in Weird Sisters where you have to like throw the um, apple peel behind you and it reveals the name mm. of the demonic overlord. <laughs> She doesn't. She misreads it and thinks it just says um, demonic, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I know." <laughs> <laughs> the clues are the, all there. <laughs> uh huh. The other reveal that what happened is that um, the Manchester brothers are like either demons or like half mm-hmm. demons, you know. Yeah. But you know, they're the good kinds good. of demons. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's all right that they're the nice kind because she knows them. Yeah, exactly. I see. Because they're like and they're protecting sexy. humans. Yeah. Which one's the bad boy? Oh, yeah, exactly. Like there's got to be. Okay, so my pitch is 
she meets like before she starts school i i have this scene in mind that she meets both brothers like individually and eric is like a sweet lovely guy Mm -hmm. and adam is like a bad boy who is rude to her and that's gonna develop into a love triangle where she's like at first attracted to eric but then adam like maybe saves her life and uh then she starts to realize that he actually has some really sweet pecs (laughs) oh yeah yeah (laughs) once you realize that you can't go back yeah yeah (laughs) that's so good (laughs) i love this that's a really good that's a really good pitch no this is good this is some good stuff (laughs) thank you amazing i mean um yes um that was an adequate um (laughs) yeah proposal thank you janosh for uh, putting that before us yeah i can feel the synergy flowing through me um yeah i'm synergized (laughs) (laughs) uh business uh words Mm. um chaz do you want to bring your pitch to the table yeah mine's sort of a a pitch slash outline yeah um brief brief outline um so The uh, the book series that I am proposing it's called Ironheart. Mm-hmm. Um, you can sort of change. I th- I was thinking you could either change Iron or Heart for each subsequent sequel in yeah. the True Bella Forest <laughs> tradition. So oh yeah, I was like... gonna say that about Extra Natural too. That there would be like one that is like hyper natural, one that is ultra natural, giga natural. Yeah. <laughs> in- in- well, I was um, international. <laughs> Well, you see, I was I was foreseeing this as um, looking kind of like a Brandon Sanderson novel cover. Yeah. And he has a series called Steelheart, so it would look sort of a bit similar. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so it would be like Iron Heart, and the next one would be like Iron Lungs. <laughs> <laughs> or like um, Iron... Iron Gallbladder. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so this takes place in a sort of future, sort of a dystopian style future. Uh-huh. Um, and in oh. this world, it's sort of cowboy futuristic. Ah. Um, so this is about the character Camilla March, who has red hair and green eyes. Yes, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like every single Bella Forest protagonist. Um, and she lives in the futuristic world of Redemption. Um, and she lives on a small village outside of the main city of Redemption. Um, and she she has to keep her village safe from like roving bands of marauders who come and try and rob all the time, you know, and steal the stuff. And they're always asking for protection money. And so that's how we open up. Mm-hmm. And she rides like a hover bike and it's very cool and she's really good at it. Um, but you see this world that they live in, it's controlled by this thing called prestige points, which allows you to purchase um, the services of these people called Iron Hearts who are like super soldier lawmen like like sheriffs i was gonna say like witches but okay <laughs> sort of um and they're known for having no emotion and for being like cold okay. you know mm-hmm. i can see where this is going is one of them <laughs> sexy so well um so in order to get enough prestige points um to, to help her to help her village um she has to go into the city and enroll at the university um and get a university degree um (laughs) which once she's done it will make her prestigious enough that she will be able to help her village um but while she's there she's like at night she sneaks out to like practice her wild rodeo hover bike skills yes um like and she's she's really cool at it yeah well yeah this is very ugly inspired um (laughs) 
she she goes out and she like uh, accidentally flips off the bike, uh, but she's caught by a guy. Um, and he's he's very snarky and he's like a bit mean to her, but she's sort of into him. Mm-hmm. Um, and his name is Rain, spelled R H A Y N E. Yes. <laughs> He catches her and he's like, "Wow, you gotta be careful where you're going." But he's like, "You know, you have some, you have some skills." And he's like, actually, kind of impressed. And she's like, "Oh, well, you know, dumb, <laughs> whatever." <laughs> um, but she's like, but she like thinks about him when she goes back to class, um, and she's learning all about politics and stuff. And she's like, "I'm gonna go ask um, the like the headmaster of the university." Uh, if I can um, get, you know, get enough prestige points, like as a loan, so I can protect my village. And she goes there, and he's like, "I'm sorry, you're just gonna have to, you're just gonna have to pass, like everyone else, and get your prestige points." And she's like, "Oh shit, okay, fine, whatever." But he's like, "You know, if you do tasks for me, maybe, maybe I can give them to you." And she's like, "Okay." Um, and this normally involves like spying on people. So she has a few like small adventures where she gets to go into high society, mm. like events and meals, and like spy on other people at like academic dinners. Fuck yeah. um, <laughs> and so while this is happening, she realizes that Rain, who she's been seeing occasionally, he like appears in places. You know how it is. Um, he's actually in training because one of the university groups that's sort of separate from the rest of them is training people to become Ironhearts. And he's in training to become an Ironheart. Um, and she's like, damn, that's really that's really cool. And he's like, well, Ironhearts, you know, they're the most prestigious because they get all these prestige points. And he's actually the disgraced son of a nobleman mm. who has to become an Ironheart in order to, like, um, save the reputation of his family because they have all these, like, noble families who live in the city of redemption. Um, <laughs> but then the more she, like, the more she talks to him as time goes on, like the colder he seems to her and like the more distant he seems and she finds this really really upsetting um and she's because she's you know she's really attracted to him by this point and she feels sad so she's like oh what happened to my boyfriend um (laughs) also uh just just so you know she also has a um a a female friend uh who's called martha um, and she's black, and it's important um, that this is mentioned every time she's brought up, <laughs> in case you forget. Yeah. Um, because you know you don't want to be accused. You, you of might not forget a diverse story. Yeah, and then they'll just bring it up in like really uncomfortable ways, uh-huh. um, and everyone will be like, okay. Um, yeah, and she, so she's when she's talking to Rain, she's like, "Are you sure you want to become an Ironheart? You know, you'll lose all emotion." And he's like, "Well, you know, you got to stop criminals because they're evil." And she's like, "Damn, you're right." Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then eventually, um, she she sees him, and he seems like he doesn't recognize her, and she's really really upset. And then she like looks at him and notices that he's like got bandages all over his chest. <laughs> she, so she goes up to the headmaster and she's like she like demands an explanation and she finds out that the Ironhearts um, actually are like cyborgs who like bits of them are replaced by like mechanical bits and the more bits are replaced the less emotional they are because for some reason um, the book will associate um, <laughs> cyborgism with not having emotions Wow, uh, the implications of which will never be like really interrogated um <laughs> <laughs> and so she's like you gotta 
listen, I've done. I've been doing all this stuff for you. You've got to. You've got to release him from the program and make him normal again, because I'm in love with him. And he's like, so for this whole time, you didn't realize, but she mentions it every now and again. But her parents are like missing, and she's never known them. But they might be someone important. Um, and he's like, listen, I will. I will let this guy go with some prestige points. Um, if you become a steel, like an iron heart instead. Um, and she's like, fuck, okay, I will do it because I love him so much. So, um, and it's like implied that maybe this was his plan all along and maybe he put events into motion to like make her volunteer to become an iron heart. Um, and so it ends with him, like him, like waking up outside of the thing and all his bits have been removed and he's like fully human again. And she's like entering, (laughs) she enters the iron heart institution. And then that's how the book ends. Sorry. I just love that. The ending of this is him waking up and it's like, that's one direction Zane. Imagine where it's like, you wake up after heart surgery. Where's my boyfriend Zane? Don't you know who gave you the heart? Literally. (laughs) Oh, that's just, uh, Last Christmas with Khaleesi. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, I like um, that you wrote flaws into it. <laughs> yeah, I wanted it to be, like, realistic. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so the next book would start, and it would have it. She would, like, be in um, Ironheart training, and she'd meet, like, another boy. Ah. Um, and she'd be, like, sort of interested in him. And meanwhile, uh, Rain would be trying to break her out from the outside and, like, trying to figure out the politics of the city. And so we get some from his point of view, and it would, like, go between Oh, there's multiple POEs. That's Hell good. Yeah. yeah. That's... Only in the second one. So <laughs> um, is the guy who manufactured the situation to get her to become an Ironheart, does it turn out that he's her evil uncle? <laughs> um, it can, you know, <laughs> if, if it needs to be. Yeah. Because I think that um, It was going to be... Yeah, it was going to be that he, like, knew her parents in some way. Like, maybe they were important or something. Yeah. Um, but also he knows that she's great at, like, riding the hover scooter. So <laughs> he, like, wanted her in the program. Yeah. They'll probably be, like, I don't know, the Iron Hearts are being used for, like, a an army of some kind or, like, some sort of secret way of taking over the country and turning it into a police state. Um, yeah. And that will be bad, but at the end they'll probably just become, like emotional but still have all the augmentations and it will be a police state but like a good one. Oh yeah, the penalty but we frame it like it's a good thing. Yeah. No, um, we know it from you know Game of Thrones that uh the panopticon is only bad if the bad person sits in it and Yeah. yeah. Mhm. <laughs> um I'm trying to think of like questions to ask this pitch. Um what does he look like? What does Iron Heart Man look like? Mm, sorry. What does he look like? What does um, Rain look like? Oh, I decided he would be like pale, but would have dark hair yeah. and abs. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of original of you. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe he's tanned because they live in like a desert. I don't know. Yeah. When will we finally get a better forest <laughs> book with a twink uh, love interest? <laughs> <laughs> we won't. <laughs> um, I don't your, know. your PR guy could be a twink, but that's only because he's not um, a love interest. <laughs> you have yeah. to have pecs the size of dinner plates if you want to be a love interest in the Bella Forest yeah. universe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bella Forest love interests only want one thing and it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> Adam Driver pecs. Um <laughs> <laughs> really wide. Yeah. Um Janosh, do you have any questions for this pitch? Um is there <laughs> is there a funny foreign character? Ah, uh, there can be. <laughs> I mean, she's got like there'll be some bits where she's um at like tense uh, university dinners so you could have like visiting academics who like maybe one of mm. them she gets to know and he's like trying to help her or something mm. and he can be from like a funny country okay um you know <laughs> one of the funny ones like <laughs> i don't know people wear new zealand wear, wear silks and have a lot of sex and it's um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one of the funny ones. Yeah. Um, um, he's from Turkey, and they're like, and they just like write his accent in a phonetic way that's super racist. Yeah. But it's, I was gonna say you've got to do a J.K. Rowling and write out the accent as phonetically yeah. as you can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he'd like he'd like grab her hand, and he'd be like simultaneously um, pre- presented as effeminate, but also like. Um, sexually aggressive yeah yeah well you know <laughs> those funny countries <laughs> exactly yeah. he's from one of the funny ones <laughs> <laughs> um yeah good pitch thank good you pitch. thank you for ta- bringing us to the table um mm, thank you for having me um i'm really excited to uh, possibly get this opportunity to really show my work mm-hmm and what what my potential is in the um in the sphere of Amazon uh self published books yeah uh-huh. it's a yeah so your pitch would be like uh, for fans of the Steelheart series yeah it'd be like for fans of like Brandon Sanderson but also maybe like other sort of magicy dystopian books you uh-huh. could um, you could say Divergent I know it's not similar but if it's dystopian you're best yeah, just yeah. saying that. <laughs> Yeah, Divergent. Divergent would be good. Um, you could say Uglies. Uh, I, I mean, it is kind of like Uglies, but like I don't know if people. I don't know if that's still marketable. Yeah, I don't like, know what that is. Mention Uglies. Um, Uglies I, was pretty good actually. It was I like think, um, a young adult series where like everybody gets plastic surgery, but it turns like at a certain age, but mm. like it sort of lobotomizes you at the same time. Yeah. yeah, you get things in your brain, so you're dumb. Yeah, um, but they they no, ride these like be... hover tracks. The the for fans of the blank needs to be like something that will appeal to the Goodreads crowd. So yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking of what was the one with the cities where the cities are on wheels and mortal um, engines. Yeah, yeah. Like the one that is not the Cassandra Clare, but the other one, right? That's Neil Gaiman, yeah. I think. No, it's not. no, it's not. Oh, that's I the think... one that like Peter Jackson made a movie about. Oh, it's right? a bad movie. I tried watching it. Yeah, it's so boring. Mm. It's so boring. We could put some Neil Gaiman in here. We could like say for fans of like I don't know a Neil Gaiman book for yeah. fans of yeah, but which one? <laughs> American Probably Gods? No. I don't know. Nah, it's gonna be more teen. You know, Stardust maybe. I haven't read Stardust. Stardust is pretty good. That was that book had the first sex scene I ever read in it. <laughs> <laughs> it was not the first one I'd read, but it was very visceral, and I do remember yeah. it. Huh. R- lots of rubbing through britches. Very sweaty, yeah. if I recall. <laughs> um, I mean, we know that New Game Man has a lot of great, exciting sex with Amanda Palmer. So yeah, I like to know it. You write what you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so thank you for bringing that one to the table. 
I appreciate it. You're welcome. It's good for business. Mm -hmm. I'm going to now read off my pitch. Okay. So I didn't come up with a title for mine, so maybe we can brainstorm that one together. So I was, like, trying to work out... I was working through, like, what's marketable? I had a list of creatures, because I'm also going for a supernatural aim. And then I had a list of tropes. And then I googled the seven basic plot ideas... Because I, I was like, we've got to pick one of these. I'm not, I'm not, you know. <laughs> okay. Coming up with our own thing. So, you know, we're choosing the plots overcoming the monster with added quest features. Okay. Okay. So, mm. here's... That's such a good idea to Google basic plot ideas. I can't believe I didn't think of that. <laughs> well, there's that book, isn't there? The seven basic plots. So yeah. I just used one, some of those. Um, they're only like guidelines. They're just like something evil comes and so the character has to defeat it. Or oh, for like... sure. But like the most, more closely we follow them, the more predictable our book will get. And that means the more closely it gets to a Bella Forest book. So. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I would say that Bella Forest books aren't predictable. Oh, there's <laughs> an unpredictable edge to them. But I think the broad strokes of them are predictable. Yeah. And, yeah. And then so it's like kiss, kiss, fall in love. Like. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah yeah there is stuff like the concentration camps which I didn't really see coming yeah exactly but that's a fault of bad writing not (laughs) um yeah okay so um I just wrote like I I kind of have more bullet points kind of thing but I do have like a slight summary so our main character Hayley Juniper works at (laughs) is a is a (laughs) witch right and she works oh yeah And she works at a community bookshop in London that's like a supernatural um, kind of gathering place. Um, She's also like a city witch for hire. So supernatural creatures who know about her can hire her out to do like spells and stuff. Um, She's one of the members of a local council that helps connect members of the supernatural community with one another. But then suddenly there is an attack in central London where demons are suddenly able to rip through into our world. So the committee, oh, yeah. So um, they fight them off, but obviously this is like a huge public area. Like I'm imagining this happens on like near Big Ben, maybe, because then you have like a good scene of like climbing. Um, mm-hmm. You could have like yeah, a king Kong maybe kind on of the thing. London Eye. Yeah, um, yeah, London Eye's a good shout. So the committee decides to form like a kind of fellowship thing. So like a special task force made of their strongest members to research what's happening. So they form a team of our main character because she's a very strong witch, even though she doesn't like, obviously it doesn't get called for that often. So it's her, a sexy vampire, um, a sexy werewolf (laughs) and a sexy witch. And then we're going to add a human just for like, they're going to be the tech wizard. So that's going to be like in um, Harley Merlin. So a a kind of a, a sort of being human type scenario. Yeah. So in this world you have witches werewolves and vampires and they all kind of rely on each other to coexist so like in this world like vampires wouldn't be able to go out in the sun if it wasn't for like witches for hire who will do like sun protection spells on them as like booster injections every year okay (laughs) nice um (laughs) werewolves as well so the thing is right i have this thing where it's like vampires can get energy from drinking people's blood witches can eat normal human food and stuff but they can also get energy from draining people's like aura Unfortunately, the only one I can come up for for werewolves is that they eat people like human flesh. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I think that would be a really fun one to do. So I reckon you have this world where witches all work in like um, community like spots and also um, as like plant, like in garden centers and shit. And then you have vampires who work in medicine and stuff. So they have like easy access to blood. And then you have werewolves mm. who almost exclusively work as coroners. Okay. Mm-hmm. How many coroners do you need? Um, I don't know. But I imagine if you have one werewolf coroner, then they can like supply a decent amount of fresh-ish human flesh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So basically, they find out that there's like something is happening where someone is creating rips between our world and like the demon world and because demons are like they're like non-human levels of intelligence they're like basically animals but like they're like devils kind of thing um and they like to eat people but like in their like large sense so i guess that's a hard thing to like Hmm. go with the werewolf thing maybe we could build in some like racial prejudice there (laughs) <laughs> okay so the, like demon werewolves are like we're not demons we're we may turn into animals but we're not animals yeah so, so you could have this sliding scale of like witches being able to function as humans and then vampires and then mm. werewolves being closer to to demons so you could have that kind of like prejudice oh you, you could even give them like categories um yeah like category of supernatural so you'd be like oh you're a category one supernatural and that means you can like acclimatize to human life and then the, the higher up the categories like um, the closer you get to demons, um, and the more people like discriminate against you. That's really good. I love that. Um, so mm. basically, there's like rifts opening between our world and the next, but because demons have to eat loads and loads of people and like cause as much destruction as possible because they're creatures of chaos, these rifts are happening at like tourist spots. Um, okay. Mm. And and they start to sort of figure out that maybe this is intentional, and then they start thinking, hey, the kind of the only people who would be able to do this are like really powerful witches and the really powerful witches are all the ones who are like on the council um mm-hmm. so <laughs> like they need a witch to close the rips and a varied enough team that a demon's not going to be able to kill the witch before she makes it so this group basically the rifts are opening in tourist locations across europe um the witches that are bringing them through are like kind of fascist and want to target as many people as possible. So like you have all these like cool backdrops for fight scenes. So I was thinking like, where can they go on this journey? Um, so I was thinking like Edinburgh, cause you can have this spooky Scottish castle or something. Oh, yeah. mm. Reykjavik. So we can do like a hot spring demon kind of thing. He rises out of like a, a geyser or something. Mm-hmm. A geyser. geyser. Yeah. But um, this would be like for a series of books, right? Like I'm I'm picturing this for one, but it would have to be like a longish book. Can't mm. go to so okay. many places. <laughs> well they can move they probably like skip the Yeah, well because you, you'd yeah. have like brief conversations on like a train maybe. And then we want Paris because I want that like King Kong shot of um mm-hmm. something climbing the Eiffel Tower. And then finally okay. right the last battle happens in Vatican City. But the issue... Hell yeah! <laughs> the issue there is that, like, way back in history, the reason, like, you have all these myths about vampires being allergic to crosses and, like, um, religious imagery mm-hmm. is because the witches who are working with the Vatican way back in, like, when it was founded created, like, a barrier around the Vatican mm-hmm. City so supernatural no, creatures can't get in. 
Yeah. Um, can witches? Do witches count? Witches can get in. They're the only ones. Okay. Um, yeah. So, basically, we want the love triangle here, ideally, to be between um, the other witch, who's going to be like a guy, he's going to be like Haley's best friend since childhood. They've always worked together. Uh. They work at the same bookshop. He's like not a very good witch. He's not as good as her. But like, mm-hmm. he's like a good guy. Um, and then the other love interest is obviously the vampire because like, obviously, um, <laughs> not the werewolf. No. Cause I think if we're going to do like a kind of race thing, <laughs> then okay. the werewolf only needs to be there for like awful comparisons between like, they need to be there for sympathy points, but are not feasibly dateable. <laughs> Could they have like, a, maybe her best friend is like. She has like a female friend who's sort of wants to have a relationship with the werewolf, and this uh-huh. causes like background angst. Well, we could do that because then there's the human in the group who does the tech stuff, and that will somehow be how they locate the portals. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> Heat spots are showing up in like Edinburgh. We gotta go there. Um, yeah, but so the vampire in this is going to be like super like from the aristocracy like probably that's going to be the foreign character um mm, like eastern european no i was thinking more like um like mediterranean okay uh, okay like a spanish. greek vampire well, yeah. <laughs> well i was thinking more like spanish or italian uh mm, argentinian <laughs> <laughs> i'm not writing tom into this that's not what this okay. is okay <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is my Argentinian Spanish vampire boyfriend. Um, <laughs> he could be Portuguese. We don't know. Okay. Um, but basically, when they go to like the first location, they have this big fight, and like our main character, she gets knocked unconscious, and he's like, he's kind of schemy, right? And mm. so he's like hot and everything. She's really into him, but maybe like they don't really know why he's agreed to help because he's a very strong vampire and he can like fight and stuff. But they're like, mm. I don't understand what's in it for you. And while she's, like, struggling for her life, he convinces her to do this spell to, like, transfer energy from him. And he gives her the spell to do it, and she does it. But what he was actually planning to do was steal her power. (gasps) So he wants to be more powerful, basically. So he was planning this whole thing just so he could take her power. But because she's so strong, it goes completely wrong. So what is created instead is this, like mental link between the two of them (laughs) classic (laughs) so they're like kind of in each other's heads like the further apart they get away from each other the worse it feels the closer they are together the physic like physically stronger they are the more secure they feel (laughs) so like you have this guy who's done some really shitty thing but then because we've got like his perspective in her head we can have like the other character's point of view without having to like do the chapters um, mm. And that's how we're going to do the redemption arc because that's, all, that's gonna... almost too clever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what else do I have for this? I don't know. That's kind of all I got. I've been so busy this week. I wish I'd like formulated like a slightly more cohesive. So how how does the book end? Mm. So they get to the Vatican, right? Yeah, and like only her and her like witch best friend and the human are able to go in like the werewolf and vampire outside and obviously this is like big angst because she's like no we're stronger together 
Um, yeah, and also the werewolf and the human who are also in a, in a yeah, sort of... Yeah, that works in a background so well. relationship. Yeah, yeah, so, like, you have this horrible, like, oh, my God, we, like, need to rely on each other, and her best friend is like, we can do this without him. I love you, or whatever, <laughs> and you have this, like, tense relationship moment. Yeah. And yeah. so they have to have this fight, but, like, the vampire and the werewolf sort of outside it, watching, like, horrified. Um, mm-hmm. So they're trying to, like, draw them out of the city boundaries, but it's not working and like obviously you have humans running around like ah, <laughs> big demons and stuff but I will say they do eventually win but I'm not sure what is going to be the like inciting reason for how they win because it's going to be like mm. something that's got to be seeded early like she's been working on a spell mm. for years and years or something well m- no, maybe it's that be... she and the vampire have to use their mental link um, in order to sort of link up with other um, supernatural creatures and it's like a thing where when they all pull together and like use their brain together they can bring down the spell around the Vatican and they can all get in to like defeat the vampires and uh-huh. um, the vampires, the demons um, but they, they can only do it with the power of their link and by doing it it like really weakens her because she has to be like at the centre of it yeah she's got to be um, the like conduit so you get yeah, this and so- cool like um, like yeah it's good. It's good. it looks cool in my head yeah, yeah, you can imagine it, right? It's like glowing and shit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, it looks cool, but like my my issue with this is I can't see them getting to Vatican in book one. No, of course they can. Yeah, well, like you, it's just, you be... just skip over, like no, 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 not not from like a geographical standpoint or whatever, but like from a from the standpoint of it needs to be a series of books that is dragged out for much longer than it needs to be. Oh, but you where can, the you first can... book ends on a very you, disappointing you can... cliffhanger. <laughs> well, okay. So, but the thing is, like, you have this situation where they defeat the bad guy at the end and they realise yeah. that, like, it was this coven of witches. And I think what we should have is, like, one of the witches who was on the original council from London is one of them. And it was mm. this, like, power play by the witches because they're trying to control the demons and, like, get power. It's not all witches, but... yeah. Yeah, there's like a group of them, and they're trying to like subjugate the other, yeah. um, the other uh-huh. yeah creatures. And once they defeat it, they're like, "Shit, we have to now like fight from the inside." Exactly. You know? Yeah. So you have then like more conflicts than can come up, and like they've shut down these rifts and all, and like that's kind of closed it for now. Like they've sealed it. But mm. obviously, if it could happen once, they've got to try and work to stop it from happening again. I'm not sure if you could get seven books, but then again, you can always do like. I think so. Yeah, I think um, so. You just have to, have to go on like wild books, tangents. You know? Like, yeah, like I'm thinking by the second book, um, there's this big air of suspicion around the witches and they're trying to like work from the inside, but they have to do like a bunch of spy shit. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there is like a demon king who's like maybe intelligent and is controlling the demons. And they're not sure if it's like in cahoots with the witch council or not. And reg- like gradually they realize that it isn't. Um, and that to, to defeat it, they have to work with the evil witches, but they're like, we- they don't trust them obviously because they've tried to like backstab them before. And this causes like a huge conflict. Yeah. And so... You know, this way it ends the book and you're like, oh, I don't know who who to believe, you know, the second book. And then the third book, it has to, like, reverse it completely. 
And like maybe there's like a good demon and he's like, I don't want the other demons to be like used by for other people's like gains. And his his thing is he wants to stop demons coming into their world completely so that they can create uh-huh. their own maybe intelligent society like on the other side of the rift. Do you, you reckon uh-huh. what I reckon for that one as well? So demons don't have human forms. So I reckon in that case, what has had to have happened is that demon has to inhabit the body of her witch best friend. Yeah. So suddenly you've got the like, oh my god, this is my best friend, but he's got a demon personality, and maybe the demon personality is kind of sexy. Yeah, and he like, she like, it's like she's like, oh, I don't know, but then when she touches him, she feels like a big spark of like something, and she's like, ooh, what is this? Yeah. Um, and then the vampire is like super pissed, and he probably goes off because um, he's like, I don't trust this guy. I think this is a mistake, but mostly he's jealous. And he goes off and like maybe temporarily helps the witch council do something dodgy, and then they have like a big falling out so that they can push this other this other love interest for Hell a bit. Hell yeah! I don't have a name for vampire love interest. What are we thinking? Um, Marco. <laughs> That's a great name. That's good. We want it with like a K though. Yeah, yeah. Marco K-O. and Haley. <laughs> Marco like, with K is like not Spanish at all, but no, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be because we're, we're trying to do like edgy stuff. It's like the He's vampires in um okay in dark light like, being called Kane, but it's spelled yeah. like K A N E. Um, and then the best friend is called like um. He's gonna be called Luke. Yeah, it's gonna be Luke's normal. Yeah, it's gonna be something gonna very be, like, boring. And like the vampire is gonna be like all kind of dark and stuff, but Luke's gonna be like kind of a like a sandy blonde he's also yeah. like oh yeah yeah i was imagining blonde yeah, yeah. he's also mm-hmm. physically very fit too like let's be realistic but but he's like jock yeah. like all yeah. american boyfriend yeah um but then when the demons in him his like eyes glow and he looks a bit spooky and he's maybe got like dark tendrily stuff like yeah in his inside his skin like or behind his eyes or something and it's like creepy but she's also like ooh. Interesting. She's like, this is kind of sexy though. Um, the Demon King's called like a Thuzalo or something. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what? What about name for the book? Because I'm like, um, ooh, what else is sort of like this? Uh, I don't know. What is this based on? Like, what franchise do you want to allude to? Um, I mean, with the vampire werewolves and witches, it's not unlike Vampire Diaries because that's the same three that they have yeah. in there. Although apparently in like the Legacy season they have other stuff, but. It started with vampires, werewolves, and witches. Yeah. So we can. I was thinking like something and something. Yeah. Um, so we call it like curse... tooth and bone or something. Curses um, and uh... catastrophes. Mm. Uh, um, city of howls and screams. <laughs> <laughs> city of curses. City of curses. That's really good. Yeah. Although it is just set in like Europe. <laughs> That is true. Every Um, time I do go to London, I'm like, damn, this is a city of curses. (laughs) But the city of curses, um, it's actually like name dropped in, uh, in the text, but it's like, they're just in one of the cities and, um, one of the characters is like, damn, it's just like a city of curses. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's good. That can happen in Paris. I don't know. Also because it's, because it's episodic, it would work really well as a TV show. And so yeah, it will pushing it pushing it for a tv show because you can have like <laughs> like yeah because you have all these different locations yeah it'd be like shadow hunters yes mm-hmm. um <laughs> i also perfect. i have like vague ideas about her family so obviously she's got no parents right um 
but I think she should have a sister and a brother. And I think her brother's job is going to be like, he gets fake ID for like supernatural creatures who have like lived mm-hmm. too long. So he's like, Ooh. he's in like a kind of supernatural witness protection. So everybody knows him by a pseudonym, but she's just like, that's just her brother. So you can always have the like, someone actually knows about his identity and then threatens him and that could motivate her to do stuff. I don't know if that's going to be in the first one. But... Yeah. You can have a big thing where like, at one point the werewolves are trying to like do an uprising um, because they're so subjugated. Um, but, you know, it's it's sort of treated as um, like a going too far thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what if you have rights but too much <laughs> yeah they're like the werewolves are like they're like trying to uh go against the witches to like gain rights but they're like violent and stuff so it's treated as like oh maybe they're actually evil though <laughs> like genuinely uh-huh. yeah like protest but we frame it as a bad thing yeah they're like are oh, the terrorist werewolves yeah um and then there's like some nice werewolves who are like liberal werewolves, and they're like, actually, we we just think we can do it by voting. The professor um, X of werewolves. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what if we're just nice to other people, and then maybe they'll be nice to us? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's like, when does that work? But yeah. No, but it's it's presented as the correct way to go in the in the narrative. Yeah, I'm thinking um, about the idea of having like a werewolf clinic where they go on the full moon, and like the witches run them, and they get chained up for like the night oh uh, yeah and that's a mm. little it's a little like mm. Mm. it's like uncomfortable yeah <laughs> just like vampire diaries god do you remember that yeah <laughs> of course i do it's a great show <laughs> <laughs> i'm so fucking lost right now <laughs> <laughs> but i i hate to say this like an hour into recording but i completely lost track what this picture is <laughs> Okay. I, I'm so sorry. I like have this thing sometimes, you know, when I listen to a fiction podcast and I have no idea what I've been listening to. Okay. Uh, so, so can you give just... me like a simple three sentence breakdown just of like a basic plot? Mm, okay. Demons are coming into our world through portals that are being opened up by evil witches. A uh, task force assembled by maybe good witches has to travel through the tourist spots in Europe where they're coming through the portal um and like there's some romance along the way Mm -hmm. clear yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's complicated like i I have had like no time this week basically i was trying to write like a more cohesive thing it's very like kind of clear this is great i'm i'm vibing with this i can feel it i can feel the shape of it in my head um i would love to vibe with this i'm just having (laughs) general brain troubles right now <laughs> okay mm. um what's tripping you up <laughs> um i don't know so it's like okay demons coming through a portal that was mm-hmm. the first thing yeah and then there's a special task force mm-hmm. and that's this task force is like vampires demons werewolves no uh, which is not demons but yeah not demons yeah and why are they going through different cities because the portals are being opened up in like places where there's loads of people for the demons to attack like it's Mm. um specifically so they can cause as much damage as possible so Mm. they're like finding out where the portals are going to be opened and then they're traveling there to close them yeah yeah 
they're targeting population centers and stuff mm-hmm. okay and then the rest of this is just like extras you know it's like expanding the mythology and like yeah. coming up with sequel hooks yeah um <laughs> i don't know it just feels still feels like i'm i'm like trying to look for a you know because it's like it feels too much like an actual episodic tv show to me <laughs> and yeah. less of a book so you're saying i wrote a good pitch <laughs> that's what i'm getting from this yeah <laughs> now this sounds great this sounds like things i'm sort of vaguely aware of yeah, yeah. um you don't have to do too many places you could have like the original the original attack happens in or the one that the book starts with happens in london yeah then they could say that there's been like maybe two before that they've sort of managed to sort mm-hmm. out but with difficulty and so it's now with this third one they're like okay we need to do something yeah yeah and then maybe like it's there's... too much for one book to have too many like big city set pieces like that's well you know it's just like that's what most of the story is is takes place in these in these um yeah. locations so they go from here and yeah, but I, feel like could, I feel like it could like uh we could like dive into the specific locations more you know like flesh flesh out the individual like take like maybe three cities you know like start mm-hmm. out in london then do paris and then vatican if you want that or at the, at the end of the first book mm. you know so we could like uh actually expand on because i i would be interested in more in like what's the what's the lore in these specific cities because i i assume like i don't know again mm. i wasn't able to actually pay attention <laughs> enough to what you are saying yeah <laughs> yeah no you're being too coherent the point is that it goes through the plot too quick yeah. um so like a bunch <laughs> of shit happens in the first book and so that the rest of the books are sort of almost scrabbling for like new plot points that they can expand on <laughs> uh, okay i see <laughs> so you wanted to w- what you're saying is me being overwhelmed by this is not my fault but it's by design yes okay you should feel a little muddled um because mm. it's a lot of different locations but you have to remember we're not really going to be doing much in like the spaces between the locations yeah. maybe you have some fun scenes of them like getting a hotel room and you could slide in like a jokes about oh there's only one bed you know uh-huh. yeah that's what i want like i want like uh, character expanding scenes, well yeah well that's, that's what it's gonna well, that would be. happen as part of the action you know because they'd be <laughs> missions they'd be long missions so they'd have the first one would be like the next city mm-hmm. and then maybe it's only like you have one city and then vatican maybe so that they can have like you know yeah. like their first one and it and they're like oh it went wrong and it we got it sorted but only at cost maybe they should shut down the task force yeah because... well because that's when you have the like vampire bond head thing and they're yeah. like, can we even trust you? But they can't get rid of him now because it causes yeah. the main witch physical pain. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe maybe they're trying to, like, break up the stuff and they have to defend themselves. And mm-hmm. then that's finally when we get, like, the big Vatican battle. And they're like, no, we are competent. We're, and... we're a team. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'd like to imagine that because the, t- the witches, the witch council put this task force together. Um. I like to think they did it deliberately choosing people who are powerful but unstable so that it would go wrong. Aha. Uh-huh. I see. Um, and they could point out like how useless it was and maybe even be like, oh, only the witch was competent, so maybe she was chosen because she's good. 
and then the other two were ch- like chosen to show how incompetent like other supernatural people are. Yeah. So it's, so it's witch supremacy. Yeah. Yeah. And they are very powerful, but yeah. Hmm, I like that. Yeah. So like okay, so the vampire... <laughs> Sorry to interrupt the flow of this again, but at which point of the story is this happening? Like what what does this relate to? Mm. Like all of it. Yeah. When like when does it get revealed? I think you need I think oh, you need more end. than you need two cities and then the Vatican at the end basically. It starts Okay, in and London. this is like a, this is like an end reveal. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it it starts in London, you have the drama there and then they go to say yeah. Paris for the first mission. Um that's where you have the um which bond like head thing happen. And then you can have, say, the council being like, see, you can't trust vampires, and the werewolf is a threat, or mm. whatever. And then they're like, mm-hmm. no, 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 we can keep doing this. Like, we, we'll be fine. Like, we can manage. Um, and then they go to the next city, and, like, they really pull it off as a team. And that's where you get, like, the character, like, relationship building between the witch and the vampire, because they fight together mm. for the first time after being, like, telepathically yeah. linked. And they're like, damn, that was pretty, that was pretty hard, actually. <laughs> Yeah, and they, maybe they have, like, a sympathetic character amongst the witches who, before they suddenly... Because I imagine the Vatican thing happens very suddenly. Mm. Um, who, like, is, like, takes her aside and is, like, I, I just have this feeling that they wanted you to disband, they wanted it to go wrong, and they're, they're actually upset that it didn't go wrong and that it went right. And um, she's like, wait, what are you talking about? And he's like, I don't know, but I just feel that there are there are members among the council who planned for this to go wrong and then she's mm-hmm. like wait what are you talking about well, that, that could be her um, brother yeah that's if, if he's a witch as well but he's like a sympathetic character and he obviously because he's got like he does all the is fake her, is her brother in the force he yeah he could be because i think but only like in a secret sense because he gets everyone id and he doesn't want to get like caught by okay, like yeah. actual cops so he's like under a pseudonym yeah. but she knows it's him yeah so he's like look i've worked with these people for years i provide all their information like I don't yeah, trust so that, their intentions. Yeah, and so that gives us like this foreshadowing before the end when we find out like, oh shit, yeah, it was a, uh, it was betrayal all along. This was all part of the plan, and it it went wrong because it went too right, and you were too good. And actually, the different supernatural creatures can work together <laughs> and can love each other. <laughs> it's like, damn, you guys were too competent. Yeah. And it's because they have affection for each other despite their differences. <laughs> Wait, that, so what um... was the setup? <laughs> like, what is the what is the betrayal exactly? So, like, she gets so the first fight, like first city, right? She gets knocked unconscious or whatever while they're trying to close this portal. The vampire yes. is like, "Here, take some of my strength. I can heal you." But he gives her a spell to use, and he's like, kind of like sneaky. So he's like conjured it up and he's been doing some research on magic so that he can take her power whilst she does it. Like the spell doesn't do what he says it does, but it doesn't work because he's not a witch and he didn't do the spell properly. And so they just end up like mixing their power basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. But is there like, are they, are the different supernatural creatures, like are they supposed to be able to work together well? It's... Well, the PC line is that they are, but the Witch Council wants to prove that actually they can't work together because the lower life forms, vampires, okay, so the witches werewolves... want to be achieve supremacy within the task force. Well, within the whole communities of the world, yeah. Because <laughs> you but have, like... do like 
Wait, are they like secret? Like, do like normal humans know about these vampires and witches? I don't think so, because it's too hard. Although with all the like demon quests and massive tourist spots, you could have like clean up crews of witches who go around like wiping people's memories and stuff. Yeah. Mm. So I'm gonna no, because that would be like then it would be like a completely different world, you know, where like all humans and uh, supernatural creatures like know each other's existence, and that would like. If if that's a thing, I, I don't know. Maybe that could be like one of the later books, later or like one of the later developments of like maybe the first mm. book ends with uh, if if it is like which is trying to achieve supremacy. It's like they show all these like their maybe their uh, task is usually that they need to wipe everyone's memories, but suddenly they accept like instead of wiping them. Uh, they you know transmit it on public television everywhere so everyone sees uh and they're they're like trying to show how like werewolves are losers or whatever (laughs) so humans start hating them and they want to show that they're violent and they're like animals and they're like look you wouldn't trust these creatures they're monsters that you're afraid of because i do feel like if if we're going with this one it still needs something fucked up yeah. Like something where like other podcasters <laughs> who would read this <laughs> would like develop or like um would what the fuck is the English word for this? Would like use way too much of their podcast airtime on like discussing this one plot point or discussing this one element of it. Like that's you know, the one thing that sticks in everyone's mind is wait, is like, like wait, what? What's, what's with this part? I mean, mm. I think that kind of comes just in the whole nature of the story because the story does have, like, parallels between werewolves being closer to demons, like, actually. And obviously they're still human-ish. Like, they have enough consciousness to, like, obviously not eat people. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. like, mm. they still do need to eat people. Um, and like, so you do have this kind of conflict of like, oh, are they bad? But are they managing it? Like, if they can eat dead people, is that okay? Um, and also like, you could have more stuff with the witches controlling how other supernatural creatures are allowed to live. What with like vampires needing witches spells to be able to go out in Mm -hmm. the sun. And like, maybe if you're a good vampire, you get that. But if you're a bad vampire, you have to, you you don't have enough prestige points. (laughs) 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 Um, maybe it's um to make it just like actually politically fucked up um maybe it could be like i don't know it implies that maybe the witches have a point and that werewolves are like just animals you know Uh uh-huh god maybe yeah maybe it could be like um like zootopia where it's like (laughs) yeah sold as like being a metaphor but then if you dig into it it's like the one who seems seems to be the oppressed ones are like you know we're actually Mm. trying to like maybe there could be like um maybe there was like a werewolf uh maybe there was like okay maybe there was like a war between werewolves and uh witches and vampires in the past where like the werewolves Mm. have wiped out almost the entire uh either witch or vampire population and then you know maybe the werewolves have 
werewolves have yeah they they have wiped out almost the entire vampire population and then the witches came to the vampires help and then they they defeated the werewolves and then you know if several hundred decades later they uh developed some kind of you know understanding between each other and current werewolves aren't like you know they're not um like none of the werewolves that were alive back then are alive still right now but it's like something that still stings in people's minds so when when werewolves are now oppressed it's like okay but they did actually like eat almost all of us back then <laughs> that's very um bright yeah i was gonna say it's quite bright or like krogan in mass effect yeah um yeah yeah, now that you mention it, maybe my inspiration was uh, hearing about Bright. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, because I think that works super well if we're writing a Bella Forest novel, but I'm so... I don't want to put racism in something that I write. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's appropriate for her books. It's the exact kind of thing that they would have in them, but I'm just like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what else do you want to put in? I don't know. Um, what else is like a good... What grips people? Mm, what grips people? Ooh, what if she and the vampire had a half vampire, half human baby? Well, it would be uh. half vampire, <laughs> half witch, if anything. Oh yeah. What if they? That would be fucked up. What if they like have to have an abortion or something? Oh and fuck. It's, uh, it's framed in a super weird <laughs> way. Where you? Like... Well, she. They don't have an abortion, but she, she miscarries. It. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you can't have a female character have an abortion because it would imply agency and control over your body. <laughs> so you have to lose it and then have trauma about that. But she loses it because of demons, and so yeah. she hates demons um, until she meets the sexy demon. Who mm-hmm. inhabits the body of her best friend. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. It's a little bit interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little... little interesting mm-hmm. what if there's like something like because if you don't want racism issues maybe there's like um there's like a gun rights issue Ooh. It, oh my god like whether um whether werewolves are allowed to i don't know use their fangs or whatever or not wait not fangs claws yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god what if they did like you mean you can declaw cats yeah, yeah, they do declaw them. It's like in um, uh, Bee Stars, where yeah. if you're like a bear, you have to take hormones to make you not be aggressive or strong. Oh my god! Yeah, that could be a thing because you could have the witches doing like um stuff like that to vampires and werewolves, and like vampires aren't like too high on their list of priorities, but you still have them controlling when vampires are allowed to go out into the sun or not. Um, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. What if in one book there was just leprechaun suddenly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you have three things and then like in one of the later books they go to Ireland for like a bottle yeah. book, bottle episode That's book. With fairies. And it's like fairies and leprechauns. <laughs> but they're sexy leprechauns. I want to just write that book, like just the <laughs> fourth Adam, Adam book of the fell. series. Mm. <laughs> what would you call that? What would you call the leprechaun book? City of Gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Wings of Emerald Green. 
you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, Cynthia like, Oh, I'm sure no Connery. <laughs> <laughs> Leprechaun by no, trade, it's, it's... sexy by nature. No, because they've got to be like, oh, that stereotype of leprechauns isn't real. But we are the she and we are fairy folk. And he's called like Sil- Silmaril or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's called like, yeah. Well, see, that's, like, this is a book in this series. Dethel. It's just like book eight where the first ghostwriter has dipped out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it suddenly takes a turn in characters and like... <laughs> characters are just sort of completely doing different things now mm-hmm. and like loads of people have gone off to do other things and they've introduced a bunch of new characters a lot and everyone who reads it complains that it's not as good as it was yeah. in like the first few books yeah it's a season yeah they're having like children now or something yeah season yeah. six of supernatural kind of like <laughs> yeah yeah because that by that point the um yeah they're like the masquerade's been broken um, but actually, they've just created like a new government that's like really faring, and it's actually like really nice. Um, and so all the conflict ended in the last book, and now they're just like wildly veering off course to like try and find some new source of tension. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to expand the parameters of the story now because we've fixed everything within the original I think, ones. I think yeah. like the original villain, like the first book's villain, had like a child. Mm-hmm. Who is now like a secret child who is now coming to take revenge? Yeah. Oh, but he, but is also a love interest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, sexy villain. Hell yeah. Mm. So, in terms of pictures, mm-hmm. are we going with that one or? I guess that's the one we mm. talked about the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. she seemed disappointed. I'm sorry that this one didn't reach you. No, I just became very tired suddenly in the middle of our recording and got mm-hmm. like very worried that I'm gonna ruin the episode now. No, no, it's good because it's it's allowed us to delve deeper into the the workings of yeah. this world. This is a it's very collaborative. I think I'm I'm really like vibing mm-hmm. with a lot of the themes. Mm-hmm. Can we still um, get um, what's the protagonist's name again, Haley? Can we still get Haley to? move to her uncle dominic's place <laughs> we could have an uncle dominic in this because we can incorporate stuff from from the other yeah. pictures as well so we can have an evil yeah. uncle dominic maybe he's on the witch council oh mm. so he's yeah, yeah but he's secretly a, yeah that's that's good so it's like it's not even that's good because it's like instead of actually making a message where it's like because if it was like you know the main the, the protagonist is a witch, but it turns out that the witch council is actually full of shit, you know that could be like some sort of message. But instead, it's not even that. It's just that the witch council ha- has uh, like the, the leader of the witch witch council is actually secretly a demon. Yeah. So it's mm. just the the people on the witch council. Are exactly. Bad. It's not the yeah, system it's itself. Not... Yeah. Yeah. There we go. See, that's our Bella Forest hook. That's the lack of yeah. political engagement we want. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... Yeah, it's about bad apples in, in a position <laughs> of power rather than about, like, unequal systems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. Can we also have prestige points? <laughs> yes, we can have prestige <laughs> points because we can have, like, werewolves and vampires need prestige points to get witches mm-hmm. to do spells for them that are, like... Oh, yeah. Um, also to get houses. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like a credit rating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, 
And they're like, wow, that's fucked up. And then you realize it is just a credit rating and you're like, oh shit. It'd be fucked up if humans had that. (laughs) That's really good. No, I fuck with that. That's good. Can we have a scene at the end where they get points? Yeah. Then you could be yeah. like, you can get, you can pay people to do reviews that are like, I never knew I could love another series after Harry Potter. <laughs> but I love this one because it had a point system at the end. <laughs> get that same reviewer, we need them here. Yeah, and you could even have like, that's maybe the werewolf's motivation for joining in with this task force. Because maybe they're like, they want to rehabilitate the werewolves' image. They want to be like, yes, I can help. Mm. I want things to be better for my people. But also, they're kind of like falling down in society, so they need more prestige mm-hmm. points to like get back up to where they were. And now they're like, um, can he also be a? He can also be like a criminal. Like he's a he's a convicted criminal. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and therefore and, evil. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, no, because he is good. Yeah. He is good. Um, he'll become e- he'll become evil and dickish as the as the books go on, um, when he joins um, the werewolf terrorists. But also, his personality will suddenly change, and it'll be as if he was evil the whole time. <laughs> and the, the author will be like, "Yeah, uh, he was always like this, like with the um, like with the fairy books." Yeah. Um, this is good. Can we see what what was the vampire's name? The sexy one. Michael, Marco. yeah. Mm-hmm. But with a K. Michael with a K, okay. Marco. Uh, and the other love interest was... Luke. Luke, who is just mm. like another... Oh, he's just a guy. <laughs> he's just a guy. <laughs> he's like boy next door. Has Yeah, has Luke been been like her adoptive brother? Her. He's... <laughs> maybe he's like... Maybe Luke is like Dominic's adopted brother, right? Because they're both well, witches. Like Dominic is the... Uh, head of the uh, witch council mm-hmm. and uh, Luke is like his adopted son who is like kind of a failed son because yeah. yeah and that's why he got that's... put on the council on the yeah, task exactly. force that's really and that's how he finds out that something's dodgy because he sees it behind the scenes yeah. that's like, that's extra good as well because you could have Luke being like super into Haley, um, but she's like yeah. you're my uncle's adoptive son like that's kind of mm, weird no one in these no, no, no one in these weird. books ever questions that <laughs> exactly that would be like too uh too much actual you know realizing what relations are yeah well because <laughs> i'm not i'm not saying that he's grossed out by that i'm saying she is that's why she's like more into it. well she's coming around on it and then she meets sexy vampire mm-hmm. um and uh, but then when maybe he's when been asking her out for ages yeah but like when you in the later book you have him being possessed by a demon, she's like, "Well, he's still in the body of this guy, but like he's kind of different now, and maybe it's <laughs> maybe now he's not my adoptive like cousin." Oh shit! What if the demon actually not doesn't just possess him, but like merges with him? <gasps> yeah. So it's like a combination of Luke and the demon. Um, okay. Because the demon is like sort of more of a a spectral thing on the other side. And so it's simultaneously Luke and a demon. So he's now sexy and, and interesting, <laughs> but he's also still kind of Luke. Yeah. And still has Luke's this... memories and also is still attracted to her. <laughs> when does this merging of Luke and the demon happen? That could be book two. End of book, three. End of book two. Yeah. Okay. That's a sequel. 
so that doesn't mean like if we're gonna start writing from book one yeah that doesn't have to be in book one doesn't need to concern us immediately but we can can have that relationship in there yeah are we doing multiple povs because i think i think we could do i think we could do like Haley and luke Mm, i don't know because i think in the first book you want to just have Haley. But then obviously we get Marco's point of view because he's mm-hmm. yeah. he's in her head, kind of. So you can have, like, in italics what he's thinking. And she's like, yeah. get out of my damn head. Wait, she's from London. Get out of my damn head. <laughs> <laughs> get out of my damn head. Um, and she'll, like, yeah, he'll, like, sometimes interject into her internal monologue and she'll be like, god damn it. Or she'll, like, feel his amusement through their yes, connection. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. I feel like she felt a faint amusement coming from Marco and she ignored it as she uh, as she concentrated on the task at hand. Yeah. You know. Be like, uh, Do you she think felt a mental be... smirk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it gonna be like because n- hmm. I'm wondering like on on one hand it's like her adoptive cousin, but on the other hand, I think it would still be cool if uh, she first thought that she felt attracted to Luke. Yeah. And then, you know, tries to deny that she actually has more of a connection to um to Marco. So there's yeah. gonna be like scenes where uh where Luke wants to have an intimate moment with her mm-hmm. and then it's like he's like he, he suddenly gets like oh is is Marco in there in your head? Is <gasps> Yes Is yes. he talking to you right now? Do you like him more than me? And then he runs away. Uh, mm. And then she feels like really bad about it because she likes Luke, but then suddenly she also, you know, starts to feel uh, feel more of a pull towards Marco. Yeah, maybe after he runs away, she's like going to leave the room, and like Marco is just outside the door, and he's like, "Well, do you?" Ooh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's doing a smirk. <laughs> yeah, he's good. like, "Well, do you?" She's like, "I told you." She's like, "I told you." Eyebrows. <laughs> Yeah, and she's like, I told you to stay out of my head when I'm having private um, conversations. And he's like, well, your emotions were too uh, were too strong and you were thinking about me. Yeah, you that's me good. In. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. That's exactly what we want. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's really good if it's like Marco later reveals or if it's like it, it actually turns out that it's not like she just unpromptedly uh, thinks like has this connection between Marco, but th- that it actually only happens when she actively thinks of him. So it's yeah. like she tries to deny yeah. that she actually wants to be with him, but then Marco's like, huh, this connection actually only happens if you want it. Yeah, mm. he's like, this Haley. is a, a two-way street. Yeah. Well, I imagine that because he's like not initially into her, but then he finds out from the person who he got the spell from that that's what it does, and he's like, oh, shit. Um, it was it was about us liking each other all along, and I didn't even realize. And then he tells her yeah. a bit later. Ooh, that's juicy. <laughs> that's some conflict right there. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. So I'm gonna do. I'm gonna open like a. I'm gonna share like a Google Doc with you guys. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna. Yeah. Did you take notes while we were talking? Or? Oh God, no. <laughs> It's fine, it's recorded. This, <laughs> <laughs> it literally is recorded, so... <laughs> well, I don't no, but, talk. you know, yeah. if we don't want to listen to the entire thing again. I'll have to do that when I'm editing anyway, so I can take notes whilst I'm doing that. 
Um, and then we can we can get scribbling. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about this. So this is the thing, right? Because I spent some time doing some research into like how you go about hiring ghostwriters, and I was like, maybe we can work backwards find out who mm-hmm. Bella hired through like ghostwriter websites where they like show the the work that they've done. And yeah. I didn't find mm. anywhere. I was looking at like US ones because I'm I'm like almost 100% sure that she's American. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't find any ones that claim to have written the Bella Forest series, but they're also all very like sworn to secrecy kind of thing. Yeah, I'd imagine it would be that Which way. Which you kind yeah. of, you would expect with the ghostwriters, but often, like, when you have, like, a more normal situation with ghostwriters, you usually have, like, um, an acknowledgement, like, you know, mm. in, like, the acknowledgement section, be like, thanks uh-huh. to this person for jogging my memory, and, like, that, that's the ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's nothing. And I found, this is really exciting for me, because I'm doing some work in, like, a second-hand bookshop, um... And I was doing a shift on Thursday and then I was just sort of like stood by the door making sure we didn't have too many customers in the shop and I was looking at the young adult section and then I was like, hang on a second, that's a Bella Forest book. Mm-hmm. Like an mm-hmm. actual hard copy, which is wild. It is definitely printed on demand. It says on the back it was printed in Poland. Mm-hmm. Um, it is huge. Okay. It's like a paperback, but it's like hardback <laughs> size. Yeah. So yeah, I'm it but it doesn't have any like anything in it that the ebooks don't have, which was mm-hmm. disappointing. But no extras. No. So we basically we still don't know how we would get this to Bella. Well, I think the way we get this to Bella is just by emailing her directly cuz her business mm-hmm. email is on her website. Yes. Um I tried to sign up for her mailing list, but it didn't work. So I don't know what's up Do with you that. Think... What if you email being like, can we be your ghostwriter? That's what and I'm... she responds, like, I don't use ghostwriters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, then I just create a separate email account and we create like a fake business. <laughs> <laughs> Are you interested in publishing our book? Yeah. Do you think she's... we need to have the book ready or do you think a pitch is enough? A pitch might be enough. Maybe like a chapter. Mm-hmm. A pitch and a chapter in like a blurb, and then maybe we could do like a cover mock-up. We <laughs> 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 have to okay. work on some Photoshop because all I need to do is like find a picture of a sh- like two shirtless guys and yeah. um, like the main character with her hair out. Like, I think she should also have red hair and green eyes. Yeah, yeah the classic think- Bella staple. Do you think we can tie it? Because we said City of Curses, and I like the title. But do you think we could find a more profitable? Title? I think so. Because the issue do is, do you think we could person? find Maybe. like, and it doesn't need to have any connection to the actual <laughs> plot of whatever franchise we want to allude to. It's it's you, it yeah. can be like Darklight, right? Like where it's just it's a completely different Darklight. It's not at all like Twilight, but it is about vampires, <laughs> and yeah. that's it. And it's like, because they can use dark light for the first one, and then they say, oh yeah, well, we have the darkness, arguably, that the vampires feast on, so the next one's kind of yeah. makes sense, but you know that wasn't, like, the intention for the first one. Mm. So, I don't know, what's this similar let, let, to? Let's look at, uh, like, are there, like, Goodreads bestseller list was... or something? There like, are, what are 
there's a Goodreads young adult bestseller list. So yes. I will pull that. What if it was called a govern of witches? <laughs> um, a parliament of witches. Um, a parliament of witches. Uh, how do we look at the bestseller list? Because uh, I only f- see what the new books are. Hmm. Okay, so YA bestsellers on Goodreads. The Wicked King, The Folk of Air Part 2. The Cruel Prince, The Folk of Air Part 1. Um, five feet apart. Tell me three things. Children of blood and bone. Okay, the demon I'm, in the wood. I went on a different. The ember in the ashes. This is going to be like a different list, but this is a top one hundred books. Uh, but top one hundred YA books according to Goodreads members. So like the top ten are number one, The Hunger Games. Already taken by gender games. Gender games. Yeah. Number two, The Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that young adult literature? I mean, technically. Uh, well, we're not number three, that Little one. Women. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Little Witches. Number four, The Fault in Our Stars. <laughs> the Fault in Our Witch Councils. I feel like that's also taken. Uh, I think. I think if we scroll down a bit, there's gonna be like more that we can use. But I do want to say what the next few are. So number five is End of Green Gables. Number one of the End of Green Gables series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but this is like the next, the next ones are the ones that are, are gonna start approaching ones that we can use. Mm-hmm. So it's um, number six is the Lightning Thief, Percy Jackson, and the Olympians. Number one, mm-hmm. uh, still not quite there. Number seven is the Giver. Oh, I've not heard of this one. The Giver number. Oh, one. I I love the Giver. <laughs> number eight. City of Bones, the mortal instruments, number one. Yeah, that's well. That's why I said City of Curses. Is is all of these called like City of something? Yeah. Oh, you're right. It is City of Bones, City of Ashes, City of Glass. So we could do City of Angels. Then we can be City of Curses. We just have to pick other things. Mm -hmm. What if we call it the Immortal Instruments series? (laughs) We could call it. Wait, can you check if the Infernal Devices is a series? Because we could call it the Infernal Instruments. Oh, that's good. Yeah, the Infernal Devices is also in the top list. So we have the, immort- the Mortal Instruments and the Infernal Devices. Now I'm saying we call it, <laughs> like, the Mortal Devices what, or something. What about, like, the Eternal Instruments? Ooh. Okay. That's pretty good. The Eternal Instruments, the Infernal Devices. And the Infernal Devices series is all called, like, Clockwork Angel, Clockwork Prince, yeah. Clockwork Princess. I feel like the the problem with calling it City of Curses is still that it's, you know, several cities where it takes place. It's all... Okay, Mm. Cities of Curses. (laughs) Continent of Curses. It's just Europe. (laughs) Mm. Council Council of Curses? Yeah, but then that's... That's but then that's giving a hand away. That's revealing Mm. the twist, Yeah. yeah. Okay, what if we... Okay, let's let's backtrack a little. So... It's either going to be like the infernal instruments or eternal eternal instruments, eternal devices, something like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, because that can I, be the, that's the series name. Yeah, but is there mm. actually de- any device in the series that we can? Not really. I'm the sure we could invent like some MacGuffins. We can, yeah. Maybe it's be... like a key that opens the door, the portals or whatever at the beginning, and then it turns Ooh. out there's more like Ooh. MacGuffins they need to collect. 
What if we were talking about the spell and we called it like heart spell or something? Yeah. A heart render or some shit like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. What if it, yeah. Oh, what if, what if it's, yeah, what if it's like, so it is something like uh, immortal instruments or something, but the individual books are like called something like uh, the spell of something, maybe? It might be too long. It's going to have to be the spell of a one word thing. Hmm. The spell of hearts or something. The spell of clubs. The spell of spades. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> the spell of, spell of hearts isn't bad. Heart spell. Heart spell's better. Heart spell. Oh, you mean it would be like heart spell and then it's like death spell. Yes. Blood spell. Oh, that's yeah. good. Thought Which spell? <laughs> yeah, those are, that's good. Yeah. What would the first one be? Would it be, would um, it be, would it be immediately heart spell, or do we want to save heart spell for one where the love story is like more resolved? I think heart spell is good for this one because that's like what yeah, that's what the it's spell like could the first be called. One. Or like, is that what yeah. connects them? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then after that, you can get into the like, oh, the plot doesn't really have anything to do with the title, but we got to give it something spell name, so they become yeah. like thought mm-hmm. spell or. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thought spell. What if it's uh instead of the infernal devices, it is um the infernal spells, maybe? I, I just think spell mm. is not a not a Ooh. very nice sounding word. There's gotta be a better Oh, that's good. Infernal, Infernal incantations. Because then you get that alliteration as well. That's good. Yeah. Infernal incantations. I love that. Infernal incantations, heart spell, book one. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. We got it. Hell yeah. This is marketable, guys. <laughs> this is hella marketable. <laughs> if Battle Forest doesn't want this, we can just do it ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, we could just publish this Please on Amazon.com. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just go on Amazon.com and publish whatever the fuck you want is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't this is very exciting to me. Okay, so how do we want to go ahead writing this? I don't know. I don't know how people collaboratively write books. And I think it would be a fun thing to make it where we if we do something like we trade off chapters that we can like read it to uh, read it to each other in on like podcast recordings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe Hell like yeah. one of us writes the first no, chapter yeah and i like then that idea because yeah then we can write like next a week or something uh, i'll, I'll do like a um a sort of plot yeah. summary and some like lore outlines on the document before we start yeah yeah, that would be good. That sounds yeah, very exciting. Really Some bullet cool. points we need to hit. It's exciting to be at a point where I'm podcasting and co-writing a bad YA novel with my <laughs> friend. <laughs> like, how bad do we want it to be? Do well, we? I, do we want to? I kind of think I'm it. kind of invested now, so I kind of want it to be good. But <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's enough to like not having to put that much effort into you know yeah. the dialogue being any good or the characters being like you know you can make it good if you want but you don't need to yeah and the thing is we can so heavily lean on tropes for this literally like marco yeah. is going to be that smirking like oh yeah, we got yeah. i think i think we can have fun with that yeah exactly and especially if we 
if we do trade off chapters, uh, it's gonna be like this, I think there's gonna be less, a certain weirdness or badness coming just from <laughs> us trying to hit the same voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we just like I start writing present tense first person. Chaz, you start writing past tense first person. Yana, she do third person past <laughs> oh tense. It just becomes impossible to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing it's it in first person? Be, or it's got to be first person, present first person. tense. Like that's yeah. the, that's, that's the, the, yeah, that's the way all the shitty YA novels are written. Yeah, I agree. I also pr- generally myself prefer writing like that. It's not the best, but <laughs> I hate. It is. Uh, I hate first person. It, it, oh, it same. Hard, it okay. I hate, no, I, I don't hate first person. I hate present tense writing, but I also hate oh, okay, present tense. Yeah, like but it, this, but, no, but this is. But yeah, I think it's good for the genre. Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, mm. yeah. It's, I think the only way to go forward. I mean, Humstuck's written in present tense, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and also if you no, want, Humstuck is written some... in like second person, right? So. Yeah, well, it's second. Yeah, it's present tense, like second person. Mm. Uh, you can drop some Homestuck references into this if you want. I think we can have a little fun. <gasps> do you know what we can do? We can drop our own friends' names into this, um, a la Lindsay oh, Alice yeah. Axiom's End. <laughs> and there I sat in the, having lunch with my friends, George <laughs> and... <laughs> George and... Uh, I'm trying to think of other Evan. friends. <laughs> George and Evan and, and Annie Emmanuel and Ash and, Kay, and yeah. Jamie and Emmanuel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting though, because that gives us a lot of NPC names. I think that's really funny. Yeah, yeah. just just take it from our friends. Yeah. Um. God, I think it would be very funny to have like a vampire or werewolf named Emmanuel. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Okay, this is yeah. good. Okay, um, we should end this because it's like an hour and forty-five yeah. minutes. Okay, but what's the what's the next step we're doing for this? I guess. Um, like, Tightening up plot details, I guess. Coming up with like a, a chapter by chapter outline. Yeah. I mean, do we want to go by that or do we want to? Because I'm not sure if I can work within a. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure w- which is the more interesting approach. I guess if we have a chapter by chapter outline first, or if we just wing it as we go. Because I think that could be also fun, especially if we're trading chapters. It could be fun to like surprise each other with yeah. plot development. No, I think that's better. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's okay, going to make we'll it more disjointed then. in a Bella Forest kind of way yeah. as well. So, I think mm, that okay. I think we should definitely oh, we want like plot we have to hit plot points. Yeah, I think There's so. like mm. stages we have to hit, but between those it's like, you know, one of us writes a scene like, "Ooh, the gang have to check into a hotel." Um mm-hmm. or like the gang goes to a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> The gang does some library research Ooh. and there's a little bit of flirty glancing. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She's trying to read, but he keeps like talking to her in her head and she's like getting increasingly flustered. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, I will start writing out this like plot summary. Um, mm-hmm. So, then... do we want like... A chapter already ready for 
next week or do we i don't know what's the i mean that would i be guess cool. i just want to have like one action plan to what's the he wants one to, next step. he wants to do the first chapter though i mean i don't mind starting it because i'm gonna do the plot like synopsis anyway so i can just hammer out a first one but i don't know how long chapters are gonna be or like what's gonna happen in them so we can i mean it's depends on you like you know, Dark Blood had some longer chapters, but we can also go by like Shade of Vampire ch- chapter length, or most of them are like three pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could just vary dramatically, which yeah. I think would also be really yeah. funny. <laughs> like, depends how much time you have, yeah. you know. And it's yeah, fine. exactly. And we can always like do edits on each other's chapters. Like, it's not a solid yeah. set in stone process. Yeah, we can like uh, read a chapter and then discuss like things we might want to mm-hmm. change or add. Yeah, I don't know. this is very exciting. Okay, so I, I I think we can. Yeah, I think we can have like you write because I'm also like I won't have time to write for next week. But mm. after that, I should be better. So okay, um, this was a very productive board meeting. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, um, thank you for commuting in today to this office. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's tough. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, it's it's very difficult coming up with excellent book ideas <laughs> while in a pandemic. But I think we pulled together and we've we've done a great job. We've we've been synthesizing um, <laughs> our ideas; they're flowing out of us, and that's what happens when you uh, bring your best game into every situation mm-hmm. so thank you yeah it's especially hard to like come up with books in the middle of a pandemic because usually what i do is i go out there i party 24 7 and that's where <laughs> the best ideas come yeah not i can't do yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know i'm always rising grind so like i get up at 5 a.m mm-hmm. um i snort some coke <laughs> i go for a run <laughs> i come back i sit down at my desk i start work i have a coffee break at uh 11 and 2 i don't eat lunch lunch is for losers and also cowards and people who don't want to get properly fit i go for another run i go to the gym to do weights then i come home and then i sit in bed and i stare at the wall until i go to sleep <laughs> i'm surprised you only fit um one cocaine break into your day but sure <laughs> well i thought it was like a bit um vulgar to mention the oh, other ones that's the most important one <laughs> i see yeah, well, because you go on your run and then you kind of have a heart attack afterwards because you took cocaine and then went on a run. So you kind of have to do more cocaine to kind of electrocute your heart back into a functioning rhythm. Exactly. And that's why I don't sleep until um, 4 a.m. But then I get up at 5 a.m. and then I need coke, obviously, because I've only slept one hour. Yeah. That's Pandemic's been really tough for me. <laughs> From what I hear about British people, this is just what's normal there, so... This is... It's not abnormal. I know people who do stuff like this. It's less uh, businessy and more like line cooks, but yeah. Yeah. You work in a kitchen, you're on coke. That's just how it is. Yeah, there's literally just Um, no other way you can function in that environment. Amphetamines, (laughs) maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right, well... Thank you, dearest co-workers. Um, yeah. yeah, and thank you, Patreon, um, for giving us money to listen to this experiment. Yeah. Um, um, and you know what? Thank you very much. As a, as a special gift to our patrons, we can even include their patron shout-out names in the book. Oh, yeah, sure. Ooh, perfect. Hayley sat at her computer looking at Rise and Grind memes. 
That's good. It was a funny meme page that she found on Facebook. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> she said. This is so funny. I love that. I'm I'm gonna ask Micah to uh, choose <laughs> which meme Haley should look at. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Come look at this, Evan, she said. Evan came over and looked. I think my friend Tom would love this, he said, <laughs> and immediately sending it to him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. To, you, you to get in the mood, Michael was listening to uh, his favorite album, More to Read by Evan <laughs> DM. <laughs> yeah, I just love this idea that you can get in on being a character in this book if you are either our personal friend or you pay us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or both. Or both. Or both. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Lindsay Alice could never. Mm-hmm. Well, she got her book published, which is gross. Um, yeah, professional. Cringe. Bourgeois. Yeah. I saw I saw her book in a bookstore, which is the most cringe thing uh, <laughs> you can find a book at. Yeah, if I if you publish a book, you should um, actually just write it out on handwritten mm-hmm. paper and then bury it in the woods, and that's true art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to write you it out on paper, like... and then you put it inside one cereal box in one supermarket, and somebody gets. I to think read you it. can. Mm. You can do like the, the only valid way to publish a book on the internet is to do it uh, is to do what Kanye did with his record contract, and that you just upload two hundred individual JPEGs of like scans of your handwritten pages all at once, like yeah. not in a way that you could like follow it day by day, but all dumped at once, so it's like impossible to actually read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds perfect. That is art. <laughs> and what we're doing is art. Yeah. Yeah. We're inspired by Listen, the best. Have... Cassandra Clare and Kanye West. That <laughs> <laughs> kind of rhymed. If Cassandra Clare can get her incest fanfiction published, then I think we should be able to yeah, do this. Yeah, this should be no problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Closing this one up. I hope this was amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you're as excited for uh, Infernal Incantations as we are. Mm-hmm. I hope you like to also give yourself more work constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, perhaps compulsively. Um, you like to compulsively start new projects, even if you're feeling burnout. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, hope you like to do what, uh, what I guess I'm going to... Because like, I think both of you have, even if you might deny it, more history in uh, actually writing uh, creative yeah. stuff mm-hmm. than I do. Because I have not like the only creative writing experiences i have are like gming tabletop games but even those are like not written out i mm. it's just like improvised stuff so yeah. i hope you're excited in <laughs> having a well, book I... that is one third written by someone who has never written any fiction yeah we'll see uh, one good. third written by somebody who has already published a book so <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I used to, yeah, used to write more, um, and now I don't write as much, so it would be mm-hmm. nice. A good creative outlet for us. Okay, okay, bring this to a close, actually. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes. Alright, bye. bye guys. Bye.